0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Today is Friday on the Mama Levitt Show. It's a free-form Friday. We're going to talk about the Law & Order episode from Civics this week, share some students' journal entries, and talk about some of the things going on in our world right now. Then we'll lighten it up with some student questions and answers. We'll wrap it up with an idiom for period C and D and a dad joke. Today's Mama Levitt Show is brought to you by Swiftamine. If you find yourself suffering from vertigo due to Taylor Swift's music, Try Swiftamine. Let's go. <music>
2: Morning, everybody. It's
1: the Mama Levitt Show, season one, episode thirty. It's Friday, June fifth, twenty twenty. And it's June fifth. It's week twelve. This is the last day of week twelve. School day fifty-four. Overall day eighty five of coronacation. Believe it or not, it's been eighty five days since we were to that school, was going the school building was going to be closed. Um, I'm Mr. Mowen, I'm here with Mama Levitt wow. and Mara. Can you believe that?
3: Good morning.
1: Uh, morning everybody. Ooh. Morning, morning Loveit. How are
2: you?
1: Good. I'm I'm annoyed with right. our podcasting system today because I I put all these audio clips on to make it easier to play for the show today and but I do get it from my laptop for my Chromebook. It's good. Um let's get right into some, some birthdays. So we have been was last episode we did the rest of the June birthdays. So today, let's crush some July birthdays. So let's get some birthdays out here for some eighth graders. (laughs) July 6th, Stephanie L. is going to be 14 on July 6th, Enrique, Enrique is 14 on July 13th, Veronica is 14 on July 17th, Cleveland, Cleveland is going to be 14 on July 28th, Gas A. is going to be 14 on July 29th. And Jacob is going to be 14 on July 30th. So those are our those are our July birthdays for coming this coming month. So let's give a round of applause to them. Mr. <laughs> says I sound pretty far away. I wonder. If, I wonder if maybe I should turn my volume up. How's that? Is that better.
4: I think you sound fine. You're just breaking up a teeny bit, but you're pretty much
3: okay.
1: Yeah.
2: You were uh,
4: really been, far away sounding during your announcements
1: you
2: Yeah,
1: I wonder if it was over the music. I'll just, I'll just repeat the birthdays. Christy is going to be 15 on July 3rd. Yeah. Elle is 14 on July 6th. A.K. is 14 on July 13th. Veronica is 14 on July 17th. And Cleavens is fourteen on July 28th. Gabby, eighteen on July 29th, and Jacob is fourteen on July 30th. And Mr. McGowan's tenth wedding anniversary is July 31st. So I can't forget, can't forget that day, otherwise I'll be in be in trouble. Uh, Mr. Jaffe, good morning.
3: Good morning,
5: morning. How's everybody doing?
3: Morning, Mr. Jaffe.
5: Hi, Miss Levers. How's everybody doing? Okay.
4: Hi, Mr.
5: Jackson. Doing how right. are you doing? Good. We're good. Yeah, we're
1: shouting out some birthdays, Miss Myers here. Yeah, uh, I heard that.
5: Happy birthday, everybody.
1: Working through some technical <laughs> difficulties. Uh, Miss Maris' birthday was Wednesday. How does it feel to how be 29? Mara. I'm not 29. I'm 35. and proud.
3: It's okay.
1: <laughs> I know. It's. I was actually happy when I when I turned 30. 40. I wouldn't say I'm. I love my happy. 30. Yeah, 30s, was, that, was, that
5: was a good decade. 30s
4: the best time. I like being 30s. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I'll be honest, getting into your 40s, it's just a different thing. It's actually, it's not bad, like people think. Well, you're not killing terrible. it, Mrs. Levitt.
3: So <laughs> I, I admire you. I'm looking up
0: at <laughs> you. Mrs. is the, men- the mental
4: game gets stronger. Mm-hmm.
0: probably
1: true. Mm-hmm. I think you learn a lot more about life in your 30s, and then you, like, project it more into like your thinking in your forties. I think yeah. I learned a lot about mm-hmm. life in my in my thirties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's get into some stuff, Miss um, Levitt. You had your your Law and Order episode called Asylum, season yeah. two, episode four. I, I did. I watched it last night. It was interesting. I hadn't watched an episode of Law and Order in in a long time, and I loved. I loved some of the just. Some of the random characters they come across in that show, like the guy Lemonhead.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the kids
4: loved Lemonhead last year.
1: Lemonhead, yeah, and he's kind of—I mean, would you describe him as he's mentally? Insane. He's insane. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah. I don't know what the clinical definition. I don't would know. Be. They
4: have—they have all kinds of um, PC terminology, but the, he, I mean, he—he's not a full sound mind or body.
1: Like he's not. No. But he was an Here's eyewitness to sense. stabbing. Yes. He was an eyewitness to a stabbing. So we talked on the last show, I think it was the last show, maybe it was on Zoom yesterday, about the need for the prosec- it's the prosecution's job to prove the defendant guilty. And how you talked about how one of the core principles of American legal system is innocent until proven guilty. And then I, yeah. I was talk about my time on the jury and about how... They have to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, and I was thinking about that as I was watching the episode yesterday. Because if you have one of your star witnesses is a person who is insane, then could a reasonable per- could a reasonable person like dispute their testimony? I know I thought it was I thought that was interesting take to have Lemonhead be like one of their witnesses.
4: And it is interesting. And just because you're insane, it's funny, doesn't mean that you don't have you don't see things and you can't, you know what I mean? Like, right. and that's where it's like, do you dismiss a person altogether because they hear voices in their head or do you figure out, you know, what else I may think have happened? I think there was yeah, enough evidence to prove that he probably was the witness to see it at the time. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, there was a I mean, lot of people I think that came forward that said that Lemonhead lives there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think he, the um, he, they made that point on the show about how just because someone's insane that everything that comes out of their mouth is not true. Now, I yeah. think it's up to, uh, it was up to the jury to kind of, kind of um, decide which one was which. One thing, can you explain to me, because I, I, maybe I missed it. Or maybe I wasn't paying attention close enough. The whole concept of like the ring, like what's the deal oh. with, with the ring? Like why was that important Thanks. piece of evidence?
4: Because at the beginning, the person he stabbed, they took. He had he had an engagement ring
1: for oh, his fiancee.
4: No. They were coming out of the, the. I think it was a diner, or a store. They were coming out of in New York, and they and they had. Um, he stabbed and stole it,
2: mm-hmm. the ring
4: from the man, the person he he stabbed. So him having it, like tied him to the murder. Mm-hmm.
2: It didn't so, mean that he. Yeah.
4: He shoved his knife in the person and stabbed the person, but it did tie him to the murder, which is where they were going at that point. And then him, you know, um, talking his nonsense and stuff like that. All
1: right. That makes sense. Yeah. So the ring had, bo- the ring belonged to the guy who was stabbed and killed. It belonged to the yeah. victim. So The, the yeah. fact that one of the suspects had the ring tied them to the murder. And like you said, it wasn't proof that they, that they did it, but it does tie them to that spot. It ties into the victim. murder.
4: Whether it's a witness right. or... Aiding and abetting It tied them
1: Now a couple things, we can get to a couple sound clips A couple things we find about when this case goes to trial Is that it wasn't quite as It wasn't quite as um, An open door An open shut case So this first one is when they're at the arraignment And Mrs. Levitt, can you explain what what an arraignment is?
4: So the arraignment is when you get formally charged with the crime So when you're arrested um, You have to go before the habeas corpus you have to go before a judge and the judge has to hear what you're being charged with and formally charge you with the crime and tell you what you're being charged with. And you have the mm-hmm. right to, at that, you know, at that's, and that's it. That's all that's really going on. And then they, they, they'll post bail or not. They'll, they'll say there can be bail that can be posted or you're reprimanded to the state because they're afraid you're going to flee, which means you sit in jail. There's a difference yeah. between jail and prison. People don't realize that jail is yep. jail is temporary. It's short term, prison is long-term you've already been sentenced so you can sit in jail even though you haven't been convicted of a crime yet um but those people usually are people who um can't produce bail mm-hmm. jeffrey epstein produce... everyone's famous the most famous one because he was killed in jail recently like he was sitting in jail they they wouldn't give him bail He was a very wealthy man and they were afraid he was going to flee the country right mm-hmm.
1: And if yeah, so if people are in danger of like not coming back for their their trial, trial, a lot of times the judge will will not set bail. But the the judges are very limited. That's why you bounty hunters. Yeah.
4: Bounty hunters go after people who jump bail. They don't come show up for their trial, and then and so the person, the bail the bail people who put up the money for the bail send basically bounty hunters out like dog the bounty hunter um and they <laughs> remember that yeah. that's what they do but that's what and they send them out to bring these people in um into trial so that the person who posted the bail for you gets their money back because they don't want to be out all that money and right. get put to jail and they're mm-hmm. not they're not cops or anything like that so they don't have to like have warrants and stuff like that
5: yeah they work for bounty hunters they
1: work for a private, bounty hunters like, yeah they're privately employed and people will pay them to to get their money mm-hmm. back, basically, to make sure, that, make sure that they show up in jail. It's funny you mentioned habeas corpus because I'm pretty sure they said it later in the episode. One of the other, one of the, like near the end of the episode, one of the side characters told one of the attorneys, um, he kept talking about habeas corpus. What does that mean? You know, and then they gave the, and the guy gave an explanation of it. So here's the first thing that happens a, at the arraignment that makes the case a little bit of a problem. Charges murder
0: in the second degree. How does the defendant plead? Not guilty, Your Honor.
1: Some people wish to set
0: bail. Mr. Vilevsky is a transient, Your Honor. He has no ties to the community and given the viciousness of his crime, Bail is denied. Defendant is remanded. Uh, in the case of People versus Christian uh, Tatum, charges murder in the second degree, conspiracy and larceny. Your Honor, the people have turned nothing over to us. No voluntary disclosure form? No. Mr. Robinette. The people were never asked for
2: PDFs. Statement, witness ID, arrest warrant, no search warrant.
1: Ms. Lerner, can you explain why that the no search warrant was a problem?
4: So the judge is looking at the case saying you don't have a search warrant. So the evidence of having the ring is what's tying them to the murder, right? So that's going to be a mm-hmm. solid case. So she's looking at it and she's saying no search warrant, but you went into his home and you searched his belongings and things, and that's how you got your warrant to have him arrest, arrested. So like, like police officers, people don't realize too, they do go out and they once they have enough evidence to charge you they'll go out they'll go to a judge and get in a warrant to arrest you as well so um and in through a judge so the judge is concerned about not having a, a search warrant because that's a violation of your fourth amendment right you're supposed to right. have a, a warrant
2: yeah the cops like
1: they what they're saying is they couldn't just go in there and just take anything yeah. they want or look for anything they wanted unless it's they had some kind of a cause
4: if, it, if that ring was sitting there out in the open and it was like right there and you could see it on the table, that would mm-hmm. probably give him more of a probable cause to, to go in and take it because it's within visual sight. Um, and, um, even if you were in the doorway, um, and you open the door and you see it. Um, but the, the fact that the ring was in his jacket pocket, so mm-hmm. they knew from the witness that, that, that the person that, which was this lemonhead head character, um, probably that was at the scene of the crime was wearing a red jacket and that was it and then they saw the red jacket so they went in and looked at it and then they put their hand into his jacket so the judge is saying no you should have had a search warrant to put your hand in the into the yeah the jacket
1: so, yeah, so if the ring had just been there, it would have been okay. But the fact that they had a search for it, they needed to have a, a search warrant. Yeah. And so the judge, if people don't so the understand
4: next, that. Like, yeah. if you open the door and a cop sees a bag of drugs or anything that looks like drugs in there, they all of a sudden have probable cause to go in and search your place. Right. Um, and they'll probably call in on the phone to a judge telling them what's going on at that moment in time.
1: Mm-hmm. Just in case they need to search anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes.
4: And they'll get an um, open warrant, too, like to search beyond just for one particular item.
1: Yep. So, the, so then later on, this, this whole, the evidence of the ring becomes something which is interesting. Yeah. As
0: I was saying, the debt clerk directed us to a vacant room. Lemonhead was not there. The jacket was in plain sight. I understand, detective. Nevertheless, I'm going to grant the motion to suppress on the illegal search of the defendant's jacket. Uh The ring belonging to the victim is hereby ruled inadmissible as evidence in the people versus Christian Tatum.
1: All right. So the the, the judge ruled that the ring could not be used as evidence. Let's go to clip yeah. three.
2: Well, the guy had, uh, had a, a ring he wanted to give to his girlfriend.
1: So this is Lemonhead testifying on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you got the insane guy testifying on the stand and they ask him about the, no, this is not in his trial. This is in the other guy's trial. There's
2: two guys,
1: right? I think There's this
4: is two where guys. So I think goes students to getting
1: confused. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I love it.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, I think what Lemonhead goes um, is it's just ends up being like a, like he's arrested, but as the cops continue to do their investigation to build the case for the prosecution, they discover there was another guy involved who was a homeless man who they sent to go search to go figure out where he was in the middle of Central Park and they decided so he, to search his things
1: so they searched his things which is really just like a cardboard box
4: it was a cardboard box and a mattress or something and that was it like yeah. it was in the middle of the park behind some trees right. and bushes and stuff
1: that, be, that becomes a huge problem like later on in, in the episode huge. where this guy this guy was living in and i can't remember his name oh uh, paleski so, yes. so not was a nice a, guy at
4: all.
1: No, and both these guys were on trial, but this is in the Pileski trial, and Lemonhead is testifying, and the, the lawyer brings up the ring. Now, the, the judge already ruled that the ring could not be used against Lemonhead, yes. but, now, but, but now the question is, can the ring be used as evidence in the other trial against the other guy, Pileski, and this is what the judge says about oh, that. The
2: guy had, a, had a, a ring. He wanted to give to his girlfriend.
0: Mr. Ray Uh, Your Honor, I offer into evidence People's Exhibit Number 25 Objection is admissible Sustained Your Honor, may we approach? This ring was suppressed Ray Tatum, not I'm well aware of that, I made the ruling Anything else? Then it's perfectly admissible against Pileski I'll make that determination, Mr.
1: Stone Thank you,
0: you're a witness
1: so the judge so the judge rules that he can't use the ring as evidence against Polesky, for the same reason, right? That it was it was taken in an illegal search and seizure. Miss Levin, sorry, I have a garbage
4: mm-hmm. man. I have a garbage man go by, so I had it on the was <laughs> had, it. Right.
1: That, was, that was the reason, <laughs> right? I had the windows
4: open. It's noisy.
1: <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, yeah.
4: So yeah, so the judge is ruling mm-hmm. that it's in this in. In some, what's the word? Um, I can't, I'm getting tongue tied, Ryan. Um, inadmissible in court. So you, they can't use the ring in Pulaski's trial either, is what they're mm-hmm. saying. So
5: right, the so judges the are going to
4: argue. Yeah, he, and, and the judge has to say in that. Like the judge could determine, the judge could have said, yes, you can use the ring in this case because it was only when for, against Lemonhead, but you can use it here. But no matter what, but basically, the ring was taken without a search warrant. So you want—it's hard to use it, the, the Exclusionary Act. Basically, says you can't use the ring without the evidence.
1: Yeah. So the or judge said. The search warrant. Yeah. So the judge said the ring couldn't be used in the trial of either of the guys, not just the one yeah. that it was taken from—the other guy too. Now, yeah. the the lawyer for the the, the lawyer for Pulaski, the defense lawyer, tries to make <laughs> tries to make um, Lemonhead. Seem like a less than credible witness on on the stand, and oh, so yeah. he gets up to do his cross examination, and, and he asks them this question:
0: Has the CIA ever tried to
1: assassinate
0: you?
5: Yes. When was the last attempt on your life?
0: Objection, uh, Your Honor. Now, why would the CIA want to kill you, Mr. Tatum?
5: Eastern Europe. I briefed Mikhail Gorbachev T- several times last year before this all happened. So you uh, you made him look bad. Yes, they,
0: they don't like that. Thank you, Mr. Tatum.
1: No
5: further questions.
1: I love that part. So he asked him, "Has the CIA ever tried to kill you?" He's like, "Yeah, Tuesday." <laughs>
2: <So> <laughs>
1: no one, no one knows exactly how much of a of an of of a good witness Mr. Tatum was, Mr. Lemonhead. And I love that they bring this one. They bring this woman up too, who's older, and they ask her her age, and then whether she what her eyesight was good enough because so she was a, she was an eyewitness too, and she identified the guy in the court as the one that did the stabbing, Polesky. And then when, when, when she, like, turns the tables on the lawyer, she gives, I love this line. There's a mural behind me,
0: Miss Hatch. Would you describe it for the court? Staten Island and the Narrows. You're, um, you're familiar with the Staten Island of the 19th century,
5: Ms. Hatch? I can read the legend. I hope your eyesight is better than your manners, young man. <laughs> As
0: I was saying, the desk clerk directed us to a vacant.
5: Yep, That's an old one.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: man, she, that was funny. Just,
4: that was a good she, one.
1: Yeah, she just roasts the <laughs> she roasts the lawyer. I hope your eyesight is better <laughs> than the manners. But then, uh, but yeah. then they have they have other witnesses. I think the detective can he testifies, and so the jury comes up with their first. With their, with their, with their um, they verdict. They
4: convicted the
0: guy.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: It's, it's yeah. Upon your conviction of the crime of murder in the second degree, the court sentences you to a maximum term of
5: imprisonment of from twenty-five years to life.
1: <clears throat> so even though Lemonhead wasn't the best witness, they decided that the jury decided beyond a reasonable doubt that the guy was guilty, and they convicted yeah. him.
4: They had the eyewitness there that saw her, The old lady, she saw her. The old lady was the
1: eyewitness, and then the detective testified that I think there was only one set of fingerprints on the knife. You know, right. I think even that's though what this it was.
4: is the weird part, so like even though the prosecution brought up the ring and the judge said they couldn't use it as evidence, so but the jury had already heard about it. So even though when the jury is... Um, going over the case at the end and trying to figure out if, if the person's guilty or not, that little subconscious is in there. And a lot of times
5: yeah. prosecutors
4: and defense attorneys will do that on purpose sometimes in order for, to just plant inception, to give you the inception plants that thought into your, your mind. So when you're reviewing yeah. cases, because technically you shouldn't use that at all when you're trying to decide your verdict, you're not allowed to use it. I can't use it. You're yeah. not allowed to.
1: The judge will tell the jury, like, you're not allowed to consider the ring as evidence because it was it was found illegally. It was a fourth amendment yeah. violation. So Correct. speaking of the fourth amendment, so he gets convicted yeah. and and like this is the thing, like everyone thinks, Oh, he got found guilty, he's going to jail for life, case closed, right? And that's yeah, not and really don't how you go to jail it.
4: that next day. Like you have a sentencing and then they they give you the date you yeah. need to show up for your sentencing. <laughs> None right. of it happens so, like really quickly like people yeah. think it does.
1: Right. And even when you get sentenced though That doesn't mean that you're in jail for life no matter what, because we have in America the appeals process. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? What happens next in the episode?
4: So so his lawyers go ahead and decide to appeal his case based on – and they they can't appeal it, oh, we don't like the non-guilty verdict. They have to have a legal reason to bring it to the appeal court. So they're going to bring it up on the fact that – um, the illegal search and seizure That they went in and they found the knife Because they had the knife as evidence That was admitted into it And they're going to go and they're going to argue um, The Pileski's, um defense attorney Is going to argue Or constitutional attorney at this point They probably hired To argue the legal argument Of what the Fourth Amendment actually really means And they're going to argue the interpretation Of the Fourth Amendment And they look at precedent and everything like that So They're going to look at back cases and so the prosecution has to do the same exact thing because they're, now the DA's office, they bring in their constitutional person, which was Ben Stone. Um, and he went in, and he was basically had to argue the constitutionality of being able to use the knife. And the big thing in this part of the case was the guy was homeless. Did it constitute the need for a search warrant when you were living in the public park? It wasn't private property it was a public park it belonged to the people so um that was the prosecution's argument and then the defendant paleski's argument basically was but you need a search and seizure even though he was living in public space the belongings of his was private and they were that you needed a search warrant to go through his private belongings the box and the mattress and i think they found the knife in the box or underneath the I think mattress oh so, yeah i remember and yeah, so this is um a big question which is the weapon that they used to kill the guy. Like they had the actual weapon from the guy. So this is what they're going to argue. And so during the appeals process, if you notice, when you watch it, there are three judges and it's only three judges. It's not a jury case. There's no witnesses. You get X amount of time. They usually give you a few minutes to speak. um, speak.
1: We hear the buzzer going off for each side to get and Then, and the and the judges ask questions of the lawyers it's it's a kind of Correct. a back and forth not it's not like most of the trials we see on t v where they're yes. asking witnesses questions there's there's no, no witness the lawyers yeah the appeals because court is is just a um a dialogue between the the judges and the lawyers as to why they're objecting to the decision
4: because not to the dis because it's it's they're they're arguing legal grounds and that's why it's just the lawyers and the judges they're not just because you get it appealed, three things can happen. They can go ahead and overrule the original case. But see, in the case, they can keep the case and say it stands as is, or they can send it back down. A lot of times these cases will get sent back down like this in the case of this one. Um, it's going to get sent back down um, that they had to take out the evidence, which is going to overrule the conviction basically in a sense. But he still can be tried for it. They're going to do what's called a retrial. He's not being recharged for it. Um, It's just that they basically threw out the case on a a mistrial, basically, because they used evidence. So a mistrial is a lot different than overruling a conviction. So they didn't say that he wasn't guilty. They just said that the trial had to be thrown out. So now the prosecution can't use the knife in the case, and they have to see if they can build a strong enough case now to prosecute him. And you see them on the street afterwards, Ben Stone and his assistant DA, I forget his name because it's been a while, um, they, want, they, they have a conversation about what they're going to do. Are they going to prosecute this person or not? Do they have enough evidence to bring it back to trial? Because if you, if you don't and they're found not guilty and you find new evidence later, you can't retry them because the Fifth Amendment says you can't be tried for the same crime twice. That means if, you're convict- if you have a verdict out of it. The appeals court in this case is not overruling the verdict. It's just saying the trial gets thrown out. You can't Mm – it's a mistrial, and you have to go back down to the court because of the illegal
5: search and seizure.
1: Yeah, like if you're convicted of something, you want to have another trial because you want to be able to maybe have a chance to be found not guilty. But if you're found yeah. not guilty of something, then, like you said, the Fifth Amendment says you cannot be it's Fifth Amendment, right? No double jeopardy. It's the Fifth
4: Amendment, yeah.
1: Fifth Amendment, right? It's the so the appeal. Fifth I'll, Amendment. I'll just play a couple of the sound clips just to kind of go over some things Miss Leva was just saying about some of the amendments and how it worked on these guys' rights. This is about the the appeal. The
0: appeal was based on the Fourth Amendment. You didn't have a warrant when you searched the place of the boat. Place of boat, huh? It was in the damn bushes.
2: I love Christmas.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, can you count, like, bushes count as your house? Does that count as your, do you have a right to that? And this is, this is the argument that they have in the, in the appeals court, is, like, if you're living on, like, in a public park, does that count as your private property? the stuff that's in there. This is, this is during the trial. We have
0: to afford the same protection to a man sleeping in Central Park as we would to a man in comfort of his home. Central Park is his home, Your Honor. It is also public ground, paid for by local taxes. The same taxes that were supposed to build shelters to house these people and hospitals to care for them. Once the state advocated its responsibility to care for the homeless, the public park, the alleys, and streets between the street. Just as we wouldn't allow governmental intrusion into your bedrooms, we shouldn't allow intrusion into the private corner of the world James Poleski calls home. Even if it is the dirt, bushes, and rubble of Central Park. There's the garbage truck.
5: <laughs> that was the train. That,
3: that's not that was mine. A train.
5: <laughs> That's oh, that's the train. Yeah. We got,
1: we got all kinds of stuff going on.
3: So anyways, All kinds so, so of locomotives.
1: To, I know, right? So just, just to kind of clarify what's happening here, um, at the, the appeals court decides that that lawyer was right, that they, that they yeah. needed a search warrant to, to use the ring and to go through his stuff. Even though he was living on, 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 pri, on, on public property, it was Correct. his stuff, and the police did not have a, a right to do that. And then this was, this was the, the other attorney's speech okay. to, the, to the media after that moment. Well, let me just Okay. Oh, I, say that I
5: was all surprised by the court's decision. Mr. Ackerman, will Mr. your victory Rackerman, affect, Rackerman, affect the problem of the homeless? Wait, wait a second. This is not my victory. It is a victory for the Constitution of the United States. Mr.
2: What right, what
0: the what that, was- that? Opinion is good. There's nothing you could have done. The court was predisposed against you. It. Still, it's got a 3-2 decision. I thought the Constitution was supposed to protect society. And the rights of individuals. Sometimes they clash. It's a sad commentary, isn't it? It's as if the court is saying you have a right to a wretched existence. What are you going to do? We could appeal to Albany, but. What about a retrial? Without the murder.
1: Ooh, then what about a retrial? Yeah, go ahead, Ms. Ms. Leibel. What were you going to say?
4: And and the one thing I want to say is when you go to the appeals court and they make these rulings, like they just ruled that private property includes if you live in public space, that's still private property, right? That's what they said it in a sense. This would become precedent. Case would be precedent. So in future cases, lawyers will use this to argue their case. And judges will use this um, to make decisions in their rulings. Like everybody thinks, oh, no, you have to do everything on feeling, Judges are supposed to rule on precedent. And this is kind of like looking at that precedent of cases. So it's, uh-huh. it's and, and so like, this is something that people don't understand. And so they're going, they'll go back through the like, especially in the Supreme court, they use these cases for precedent Um, They use the Constitution. They go back to founding documents and interpretations like the Federalist Papers, letters, and stuff like that to figure out what was this interpretation of the Constitution supposed to be or the Mm -hmm. amendment. And then they look at all the different cases in the past that rule. And this is like a this is the thing most people don't understand. And this is why like our our whole system is really, really slow, and this is why you see slow change in our system, but it was designed because even though sometimes we want change, and there's been some bad decisions by judges throughout our history, definitely some really, really bad um, decisions. But if you look at the history too, those decisions have been overruled. It's not been done right away, not in a year or two, but you know, within that time, like 50 years later they were overruled and they're getting overruled a little bit differently, but you have to base it on precedent and things that have happened. And that's something people don't understand. And I think and part of it was designed so that you didn't just throw people in jail that were innocent. Um, you made things harder for the, for the government to do their job and, um, and to protect the rights and also so that you didn't put in bad laws or bad precedent that would actually cause harm in the future. You have to analyze where you're going to be 10 years down the road, 15 years, 20, 30, 50. How is this going to affect the future?
1: Yeah, A whole system is set up for Slow incremental change and not radical changes. That's why we have the system of checks and balances. Um, the last thing I wanted to point out: there's one more amendment that gets brought up. So it gets sent back. The case gets sent back for a retrial, and that they can't use the certain evidence that was taken out of of Mr. poleski 's box on Central Park. But the last one was about whether Lemonhead can, because they go back to see Lemonhead in the insane asylum, and and he's gotten worse. He's crazy. He's gotten much more crazy, and they doubt whether he's able to testify against Pulaski again, and this is the, the, the conversation they have.
0: you read the People's Bench Memo, Your Honor? I did. And? You're right. I was in error in uh, excluding the ring. Getting back to the issue at hand, Judge, the Sixth Amendment guarantees my client the right to confront all witnesses against him. Mr. Stone? Testimony given by a witness at a prior trial may be received into evidence when the witness is unable to attend by reason of death, illness, or incapacity. CPL Article 670. And your witness is incapacitated? He's institutionalized, Your Honor. (laughs) He's psychotic. His testimony in court was practically hallucinatory.
1: Yeah, so they argue over whether they can use Lemonhead's testimony again. And ultimately, the judge says yes. That they can use it yeah. again, just from the first trial. because, so I guess, because uh, if
4: you notice, yeah, they read the uh, they read the um, the the document, the precedent, why it could be read again. Like they had, it's been done. It's it's allowed. Wow. There's a ruling that allowed that to happen, no matter what the um, other lawyer wanted to say about um, not using his witness and the whole. Conf- and I and just to clarify the amendment thing, so you have the right in the sixth um, to confront your witnesses and um and so that means that you have the right to question anybody who has testimony against you so but in there they argue that you already had a previous trial we're going to use the deposition and the um, recordings from that trial where you did confront your witness and we're just using that as that testimony as evidence without him being present in the new trial
1: right so we don't find out at the end what happened if am I, I correct in saying that no, we don't he find was, out he was
4: he was found guilty.
1: Again, a second time.
4: Yes, yeah, he was convicted a okay. second time.
1: Okay. And I, the, but I,
4: because at the end they really talk about institutionalization and um, and and the problem like with Lemonhead, they kind of talk about more of a humane and social issue. And they because um, they, Lemonhead lived home, with homeless basically but he was free and he, and he had more, and he wasn't like shot up with all these drugs and stuff like that. Even he was, he was basically a almost harmless in a sense versus, um, you know, living on himself. But yet when they took him, does the government have the right now to institutionalize him? And then they just, he's sitting in a room now and he's drugged up. Um, yeah. And there they have that like chit chat. I think about that whole, social debate of are we doing the right thing by taking mental pe- patients and taking them off the streets and putting them in these places or are they better off on their own so there was that like little bit of a talk about quality of life
1: fascinating episode i enjoyed watching it and i think the one thing our students can get out of it is there's no easy answers there's no like oh there he's guilty is. there never is and there's there's always two sides to every story there's always arguments for and against and know what the lawyer's job is and what the judge's job is to figure out you know where are those balances where does the constitution where do your rights end and where do the rights of society or the protection of society begin all right
4: and that was a good statement by the by the da or the that said that (coughs) the balancing of protecting society government's job and protecting the individual's rights.
1: for sure now miss Barry, mr jaffe you've been you've been sitting on the sidelines for a while anything (laughs) you guys anything you guys want to add before we go to commercial
5: but no, I haven't. I didn't see the episode, so I'll, I'll set it out.
2: I, Although I, I think um, it's really,
5: uh, go ahead, I'm sorry, oh, go I'm ahead, Mr. Ahead. Jeff. No, no, I, it was not. I had nothing to say.
3: <laughs> okay. Um. I, yeah. No. I mean, I didn't get to see it either. But I just agree so much with that statement about like there's no easy answers, and there's if you delve deeper, there's always two sides. Even if one side ends up being overwhelmingly more right than the other or however you determine right and wrong, there's always, always two sides. And I think that people are so quick to just jump on that first thing that they see on social media or what have you. And I think we need to start, and Miss Lovett, you do a really good job of this, like having kids research a little more, dig a little deeper, just so that even if you still come to the same conclusion, you have more evidence to back it up. It's so important.
1: Yeah, for sure. And on that subject of like, research and then looking, at, looking at both sides, we're going to come back after our commercial. We're going to read some student journals um, about the whole George Floyd situation and, and protests in America and things like that. So let's hear from Swiftamine, and then we'll come back and talk about that.
2: For years, I suffered from vertigo.
1: Out of nowhere, I'd feel dizzy, disoriented, even nauseous. Grammamine helped my flashes subside, and I
2: hadn't had a flare-up in years. Years. Years.
1: Until recently.
2: I was jogging, listening to Spotify.
1: Casually browsing iTunes.
2: Flipping through the radio. And I heard this new song that I love. I loved. I looked to see who it was. And that's when the vertical hit. It was Taylor
0: Swift. Taylor
2: Swift. Taylor Swift. The whole room started spinning. I felt nauseous.
0: I don't like Taylor Swift. I know I don't.
1: Yes, you do. You friggin' love her. Hi. I'm neurologist Dr. David Doctor. Over the last one month, realizing you love Taylor Swift has become the leading cause of vertigo in adults. That's why now, there's Swiftamine, the
2: fast-acting antihistamine tablet that's pink and bubbly, just like Taylor herself. I took my daughters to a Taylor Swift concert. I did not want to go. I do not get it. But as soon as the concert started, I was on the ground. My daughter said I was slurring my words and that those words were, Girl can write a song. Thank heck for Swift to me. I
3: never got into Taylor Swift because in interviews she's always like, I'm Taylor Swift. It's like, no. Then the other day I found myself humming Shake It Off and I got so dizzy I fell into traffic. Thanks a lot, Taylor. Just kidding. You're amazing. Medically
2: speaking, Taylor
1: Swift's onset vertigo occurs when one of her songs forces your brain to fight your ears.
2: Your frontal lobe, says, oof. Taylor
1: Swift, she's always
0: wearing like a 1950s bathing suit. But your ears say, shut up. This is a perfect song. (laughs) Taylor Swift's onset vertigo can strike any time, any place.
2: Oh man, this beat is banging! Who is it? Taylor Swift! What? I freaking love Taylor Swift! (laughs) Swift to me.
1: But when you realize you love Taylor Swift,
2: damn it! She got me!
1: Alright, back in the Mama Levitt show. Thank you to a long time long time sponsor, Swiftamine. I find myself getting some Taylor Swift vertigo sometimes. Usually driving <laughs> in the car, you know, gets these these warm, warm days coming up in, in June. Hot yesterday. It's gonna be hot again today. No, maybe. I think so. Let's it's gonna talk be about, hot, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about student journals. Um so Monday, I put in on as our Monday journal topic, just to think about the whole situation with George Floyd and the protests in America and just a lot of this, these complex, just like racial, police, and just so much, just it, so many just complicated things going on in America. And, and what I said to, and it's not, it's not new. None of these things are new. This has been going on since the beginning of America. And we're talking 400 years of these sort of, these, um, I guess, these issues that are just kind of banging up against each other. But i I picked out three journal entries from students and I asked them to, you know, just reflect on what's going on I suggested, you know, read some things. Don't just write down what, like, what your knee-jerk reaction is. Go, you know, read a bunch of things. You know, I and mean, Miss Mara and I have been talking about this. Like, you know, it's, we, you, yeah. want, you want to put your feelings into words, but it's we, we, we agree that it's not good to just jump right into it. And maybe, Miss Mara, can you talk about that from your own perspective a little bit?
3: <laughs> well, you know, I'm always looking for the balance in life. And, like, for me, I was saying to you the other day, it can take me – a week sometimes to like process an emotion and come out with like how I actually feel about it. And then I'm like, all right, now you're overthinking it now you're taking way too long. Should I weigh in? Shouldn't I weigh in? Do I even want social media on my phone? It's kind of unhealthy for me right now with everything going on. And, um, gosh, what was I saying? Um, yeah, so just, it's been really, really hard for me to, figure out how I feel about all this but I think that the thing that's been the most useful is just reading listening getting information um and like not speaking out right away because and like I've been journaling on my own and I know like I've shared a couple things with you I've shared some things with my family have that close circle that you that you feel comfortable enough with that isn't going to necessarily judge you so that you can bounce ideas off and I think that for me at least, is where I find the most useful process right now is, like, I'm nervous to, like, kind of say how I feel. I'm not really sure how I feel. So, like, being able to bounce ideas off trusted people, I think that's really important right now to do. That That's yeah. my comfort level right now.
1: I feel like we're in this society where, like, everyone is, is expected to have, like, a quick take, and, like, your take is supposed yes. to be, like your final answer on everything and that's who you are and that's how you always felt that's how you feel i don't like it either i don't it's yeah even even if educated people think. no go ahead
3: (laughs) no like my thing was like i felt forced almost to have this opinion and it's like all right like i might come to that opinion that you know and obviously well again this is such a fraught topic but like I just did not like the pressure I was feeling to like immediately come out and say something or, you know, I just feel like for me and my beliefs, I need to make sure how I feel about something. And it takes me a while to truly understand it. Cause I am not a surface level thinker. I'm not saying that everyone, I think everyone's a deep thinker at the end of it, but like I need to really like understand at the heart of the matter before I can like, put out an opinion. So I just felt all this pressure, which led to like a lot of anxiety for me. I've had a lot of anxiety
2: this
5: week. Yeah. And I so, think and what if you were a, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. What if you're, you know, you are, we do, we do think about these things. And, and so you t- take the example of the, the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, who, who probably thought yeah. about what he was going to say. And he seems like a very nice guy. And um, he said something and, he was pillaged, pill pilled by it, and yeah, you well, know, and you know, he had to come out a day later and apologize. And it was just mm-hmm. he didn't say anything terrible. He, it was regarding whether or not he should kneel during the national anthem, and you know, yeah. he just said, "I'm not going to kneel." And and then 24 hours later, he said, "Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to kneel." So, you know, a lot of countries will, will not. What he said? Did, did he say that he in his
1: in his apology?
5: I don't. I didn't he, to exp- he, he said he was wrong to express his opinion the way he did. Hmm. So, which I yeah, think is sad.
4: You should be allowed to express your opinion, and people shouldn't mm-hmm. judge you in that but, sense of of your opinions of things. Like,
5: they, yeah,
4: it, Ms. Mara not. makes a very good point of like you have to think things through and not react. The media has a story to tell. They have, you know what their agenda is. Politicians on both sides of the aisle, I don't care what, you know, have agendas in in places where they want to go and you have when you start to go off-site and you start to dig, you start to hear things and then you sit there and go, is this really a black and white, and I don't mean color of skin when I say this, issue, is it a clear cut? Is there a lot of grays in here? And you shouldn't be because if you have an opinion and that's different from somebody else's, you shouldn't be called names for it immediately. You shouldn't be called, you know, different things and be and, and put down. I mean, that's what we're doing. And it's, it's, it's just not right because now you're not getting good conversation. And right. you talk about our government was set up to have slow change, to be non-reactionary, non-emotional so that we knew we were making reasonable and the best changes possible for the country. And we are at the brink of um, dismantling. We're going to dismantle police forces. We're going to, um, you know, we want complete social change. I've heard people say, we, let's throw out the constitution. Like you're, when you do stuff like that, you're opening up can of worms that I think that the masses don't really understand, I think yeah. they think everything's gonna be good, but um, I don't know when I look at like it' like so be different when the Czar was pushed out, and things got worse, so like it and not better, so like it just changed the leaders just changed that was all, <laughs> so it's like yeah. I think people need to step back and think and 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 broaden their research out a bit more um you know. I've heard things, I mean, about, you know, it's just it's not as clear what, what to me personally, what the police officer did was wrong completely. I don't think there's one person in this whole country that thinks what he did wasn't wrong
2: Right, um, That's in, horrible. In,
4: in, in the sense of force and what he did was completely wrong. But we're also taking somebody like that has a a, a, a rap sheet and and, um, you know, has been known to. I mean, I just found out this one, a home invasion where he held a pregnant woman at gunpoint with, you know, stealing stuff and things like, and it's, they're not Rosa Parks figures that were hold, holding up in high esteem. It's kind of like, and I watched these videos of these poor women um, in in Minneapolis and different cities in Chicago, who's, who are, are, are black women who and men who had their businesses destroyed and they're saying, this isn't helping black lives if you care about us. And, and so like when you start to see differences of the different sides, you sit there and you question yourself, wh- where are we going? There's difference between a protest and a riot and looting and being violent. There's one thing to come out and assemble and address your grievances and have mass people showing it very, you know, and letting the government know masses. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. was a prime example of going out there and with mass groups of people, large groups of people, very peacefully, and and his message was heard, and it was never, like, I, I guess like, it was heard, like it didn't get covered by other things of people going in, and and I think some.
1: Do we lose Levin? I think so. Yeah. I think we lost her. I lost you for
4: a minute, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. There you are. Sorry, I do that a lot on this show, don't I? <laughs> it's all good. I
1: like when you when get into groups. Your, when into you're your the your namesake, group.
4: you get to do that. Yeah.
1: I'm, kidding, I'm
4: sorry. You- I get into groups. My kids used to say that I'm like this motivational speaker. Lot. They used to always say by the end of the year, you should do that and be a motivational speaker. I do think people, I do people. I I watch every day in my life, my students, and we work in a very, really, a very diverse school, truly diverse, like there's not one group of people that is more than the other. We're pretty balanced out with differences of ethnicities and, and different groups of walks of life of people. And mm-hmm. I see beauty in our school, I see beauty in my students, I see kids getting along I see, yes, do they not get along sometimes like a tr- middle schooler absolutely and sometimes our social issues that have come in in the recent days, our recent years, affecting them a little bit more but overall like they, they like each other they get along. I see opportunity, I see us as teachers pushing our students to do their very best so that they open all the doors in life possible to them. There are so many opportunities out there and it's just, do you take the opportunity or you don't? And I mean, I know I've had a couple students, like I think of one in particular from last year, never took the opportunity, didn't believe it. And he just thought, you know, one way was the right way and it was sad and, um, you know, but, that's why I just have a hard time seeing is the world really that bad as bad as we're making it out. Like I don't see it on my everyday life. When I go into my school and work with my, my children every day, I just don't see it. I see good in all of them and love.
1: I think we're very lucky to be in Everett. And I I love working in Everett. I've been in Everett 14 years and you know, I, I enjoy student body. And I, I I love how, I think you're right, Miss Levitt. It's, I think Everett and our schools are kind of like a microcosm of how I think the world like could and should probably operate in terms of uh, in terms of the diversity and how they work with each other. Um, I think though for students, there's so much comp. It's so complicated, and like you said, like you can't just jump to like a, a reaction. You have to consider like all sides of things. I mean, this these these issues about like the violence and the protesting. It's it's so complicated because then you get reports about how like people are like infiltrating. The protests and like the people that are rioting and looting were not the people that were protesting. And it makes it so complicated as to really like what to think. Um, we are running low on time. So can we, Miss Mara, do you want to read um, Alyssa's, Alyssa's entry? I just wanted to highlight sure. these three from Alyssa, Yuri and Josh. I thought yeah, they were great. and I just
3: want to say, when I had a chance to read these, um, I know we're a long time, but I just want to say, like, such a great job. I can tell that they put so much thought into them, um, and I learned a lot from their entries also. So here's Alyssa's. Um, these people don't even take into consideration what they're doing to our cities. They should be a safe, There should be a safe place to express your feelings and protest, not a place to vandalize and ruin. And the sad part is, it's not just in Boston, but all over the world. Minneapolis has it the worst. They're wrecking targets, which might seem like the right thing to do to them. But once they have no stores to go to so they can get necessities, it's on them. Last night, the MBTA shut down all trains and buses, which I'm glad they did. These people who chose to vandalize our city deserve to have to walk home or be stranded on the streets of Boston. I mean, I'm all for fighting justice, but this is just wrong. It should never come to this. People are so afraid of the riots that they aren't leaving their homes. We should all be a a united city and work together to help George Floyd get the justice he deserves, but without being violent with police officers and each other. It's just not right. So that was
5: Alyssa's.
2: Yeah.
1: Thank you. Some of these are so good. You can just, you can tell like just how much thought the students like put into them. I was really happy with some of the the ways. Yeah.
5: Yeah,
1: Miss Levitt, can you read Yuri's?
5: Yes.
4: I had to move my room. (laughs) Sorry. Conflict with work <laughs> um, partners. Um, okay, so Yuri says, to this, <laughs> Yuri says, to this day, I still don't understand why people are judged by the color of their skin. It's just the color, it just doesn't make sense. Yes, the people should be angry at this. They should protest, but that doesn't mean tear up a whole city. I mean, look at Martin Luther King. He didn't do any kind of violence, he protested in peace, and look how much effect he did. People are breaking their own kinds of businesses. This is is just proving to the cops that they are thugs and dangerous people. It's a crime what everyone is doing. It's not right. I've been hearing a lot of conversations, and people are going to the assembly just to rob things, not even to protest and throw eggs at cops. Not all cops are the same. Just because one of them did something horrible doesn't mean they are all like that. I don't think we should tear our own city apart. I'm not black myself, but I am a son of immigrants, and people treat us differently just because of who we are. We are all humans. We are all equal no matter what, emphasized by the writer. Till this day, I see that white people have a bigger advantage than us. I'm tired of that myself. We shouldn't just judge by the color of our skin, but by the content of our hearts.
1: Wow, Yuri, bringing out the Martin Luther King Yeah, very nice, Yuri. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and there's there's a lot of truth to what he was saying. And like some people think, like it's a black. Mm. If you're you're for the protesters, then you're against cops. Or if you you know you you believe black lives matter, then you don't believe police lives. Like it's not like that. It's possible to be both. It's possible to have these middle ground positions. Yeah, Miss Mara, what were you going to say?
3: No, just you know, I'm I'm just reading thinking about this and like it's like we need to listen to each other as if we're all children like we're all gonna say stuff that's like on pc that's like you know not perfectly stated and i think that's the issue i'm having it's like i feel like if i come out with something quote-unquote publicly on social media it's got to be like perfectly worded perfectly stated not offending anyone and it's like we need to just listen to each other Mm-hmm. with the understanding that we're not going to say everything perfectly. We don't understand how we're coming off to people. And that's kind of what these entries remind me
1: of. Or like cancel us. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, you're
3: canceled. You're canceled. You're you said canceled. all lives matter. It's like, well, no, explain to the person why that's hurtful in a loving way, you know? But yeah. I don't know.
4: No, I agree. Miss Mara, you're right about the whole social media thing like that. Like, people just judge you. Like, like, I always get afraid of saying things because I'm just like, you know me as a person. While, it's like, why all of a sudden do you think differently than me? Because my opinion isn't quite the same as your opinion. Or, like, I'm seeing the world in a different way because of the shoes and the steps that I've walked in in life. Like, exactly. It's, it's,
3: Nobody's we walking all our shoes but you.
4: Yes. And, and we don't all know. And it's, I think the key to life is to have an understanding of where everybody's walks. Because that's where you get true tolerance and people don't understand that.
3: And that's kind of where my passion lies right now. I see the pain in these people's faces. I see them crying. I see them wanting something different. And I'm like, you know what? That's real pain. There's got, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but I want to identify with it. I want to respect it and listen to what they have to say. And that's kind of where my passion lies right now.
1: Yeah. Just to tie this also into into my academic work, like just, you know, reading, having read the book Refugee, and you look at these people and it forces you to see them as humans and not just as like statistics. You know, we hear so much yeah. about refugees, Syrian refugees, but they're, they're, they're people. They're, they're people with, with names and with, with backstories and they have their own wants and fears and everything. And so, like, you're right, Miss Mara, and I think so many people are just so quick to just jump down everyone's throat and just, oh, this is this, cancel this person, and this person, oh, you're just a pinko commie, or you just throw naming, just, like name, throw, like, name calling. And you can't argue with name calling because it's not based on any rational thought. You can't have it. You can't have <laughs> and how
3: does discussion? it help?
1: Like, doesn't it doesn't help at all. It help right? to just
3: call someone a racist. And like, all right, kindness, help them
1: out right. then. Tying this back into well, our constitution, this, the constitutional convention—it was just discussions after discussions of people discussion. with conflicting ideas, and, and ha- they and, didn't and they, all they, agree with, with each other. They didn't all agree with it.
2: No, and the con- and like, there was
4: a we, lot of very heated debates about things during that time period. But like they knew, they had to go with what was best for all at the time, hoping that things will eventually work their way through things.
1: I mean, when, and I when think it comes,
4: time to- does work things.
1: Yeah, and when it comes to those those disagreements, they're still happening today. That's the whole purpose of our system. Like, your... the First Amendment, that's yeah. what it says, but that doesn't mean everyone exactly agrees. Like, the First Amendment gives me freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Does that mean that I can I can print a pornographic magazine and give it to five-year-olds? You know, like, is that, is that my freedom? Or the, the Second Amendment, there's massive debates about the Second Amendment in America today, about what it means and— Cause there's no there's no answers. And like, that's why the, I think the founders were geniuses in the sense that they realized that and they knew that each generation was going to have to figure out those ideas for themselves and figure out what it meant for themselves based upon what what the, the framework that they set for us. One more one more um, journal I wanted to read is from Josh, who uh, he sent me a private message and asked if I would read it uh, right away because he wanted he wanted to get my, my take on it. Um, But Josh says, okay, my take on this is that I don't agree with the actions of those officers. It's very unprofessional and straight-up disgraceful. We're taught to trust the police and call them when in need, but this is very uncalled for. I've always had mixed feelings about the police, never fully trusting them because they have all the power at that moment. They're the law, so to speak. So honestly, I'm not going to this just – this is just unfortunate because time and time again, things like this happen all the time. It's time something is brought up because this is an ongoing issue. I, speaking as a black person, fully agree with what's happening as for the protests, but I do not agree with the violence and looting. You could justify that America has stolen stuff from Africa and black people for over 400 years since the indentured servant days, but I don't think that's right to steal from someone who has done nothing wrong to us. This is sort of like the Rodney King incident that killed like 50 people all out riot. But this is what we as black people and other minorities needed attention. It's time we bring this up and change because we've been dying for over 400 years and although we're grateful to Dr. King's and Malcolm X's movement, there's still more to be done. So,
5: and yeah, Joshua I Warner,
1: it. Yeah, just, I mean, it was, he wanted it's perspective. He,
5: Sorry, what? I,
3: where are I
4: people?
1: Did I just go offline? Ryan, I was, oh. Ryan, oh, I'm here. You, Mr. McGowan, you
2: disappeared.
1: Yeah, can you guys hear me now? yeah 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 I just I, I just went offline for a second. weird. You did. Um, what was the last thing you heard? I don't even know. I was just talking I about Josh
4: no, it's just I think the lovely thing about these three statements that these our children wrote, our students wrote is it gives dif- perspective, and you're seeing perspective of different people in their lives and who they are and their backgrounds and how it affects their perspective, and I think that's important for people to understand. And and get a lot and and to help to to learn and understand from each other. Perspective is important, and 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 I think it's been lost in the last in a, in a for a very long time. And I don't want to just say last couple of years. This has been going on for about ten years or so. People are losing perspective or losing the ability to listen to other people's points of views and see where people come from and why they think the way they think. You don't have to agree with everything everybody says, but it gives understanding right. and helps you to have tolerance in the world, which is important because you can't make change unless you hear people's points of views and where they come from. Yeah, And
3: I would also argue like, it's about respect. And, and I always, when I really think deeply, it always comes back to like, how can you respect other people if you don't respect yourself? And I think a lot of this is like people projecting their own, you know, shame of themselves onto other people. And so for me, like the most work I can do is like bettering myself and like learning how to respect myself. And I think that is something that these kids kind of model for us daily. Um, I think we have a lot to learn from them.
1: Oh yeah. So just great discussion. I mean, there's so much more we can do with this and i this probably won't be the last time we talk. About this. This is going to be an ongoing issue. Um, for Friday's journal, I kind of just want students, you know, just go back to what you wrote on Monday and just add to it a little bit, you know, add to what are some things over, over the course of this week, over the course, over the course of this week, what are some of the things that maybe that have happened that have, helped you to either strengthen your position or maybe you've questioning some things that you thought of and always question, question yourself. Miss this and I were talking about this. Like one of the big problems in our country, in our world today, is that everyone, we just assume that we're right all the time and that we have this thing. We don't want to be told that you're wrong and you have to feel like you're right. all the time. Just let go of that. Like it just for students, I think the thing in life, just let go of this need to always be Right and just accept that you might be wrong or parts of what you believe might be wrong or just because you thought one thing when you were younger doesn't mean you have to think it the rest of your life or just because your friend thinks this or because your parent or your sibling thinks this or just because Mr. McGowan thinks this, you have to think it. You know, like you have to, you can think <laughs> like-
3: In that case, they have to.
1: Yeah, This. yeah, You ha- right. <laughs> I would never, like, I would never grade someone on whether they agree <laughs> with me or not. You know, it's just more like, you know are you able to are you able to express your opinion in a in an appropriate way so journal Friday. Support,
4: can you support your opinion that's it that's it can you yeah. should justify
1: it can you support I it and justify it with like actual rational arguments and not like yep. oh you're stupid yeah. you're stupid you know oh look yeah you. so you, you have it's, that's what like be that's what being like a citizen that's what being an adult in america is supposed to be about and hopefully we can get back to that at that point um, so journal is, go back to Monday's topic and say again, just kind of revisit what you wrote and then just think, you know, what's, what's happened this week. It's some things that have had you, maybe some things that have caused you to change your mind or just some, some additional thoughts. So I thought that was a good way to kind of wrap up the week is just sort of how, how have things gone for you since Monday, you know, and what have you been thinking about? Is there anything new that's, that's come up? That's, that's changed that. All right, that's journal for Friday. The last thing for today is idiom. Um, oh, about well, let's do Wednesday's best idioms for bone of contention. Um, Andy said a big bone of contention for football fans is if Bill Belichick is a good coach or if Tom Brady is the reason he is good. We'll guess we'll find out this season <laughs> which, whether, it was, whether it was Belichick or Brady. Um, Lexi, Lexi Andy's said. Mind. Yeah right. Andy Andy always comes up with uh, with connections to to the NFL. Um, Lexi says a big bone of contention in my house is who is cleaning the whole house between me or my twin. I could see that being uh, a <laughs> big bone of contention and yeah. Oh, yeah. Get, get a little crazy. Uh, Lornisha says staying on my phone at night is a real bone of contention between me and my dad, which is uh, a lot so of every
4: teenager's care. bone
1: of contention. Teenager, right. <laughs> Uh, Bo Denley says, a big bone of contention in my house is spending a lot of time in the shower. I guess that's true if you have like a big he's family. Wasting,
4: he's wasting water because that's yeah, the bone of contention in my house with my daughter. Who used to, when she was a teenager, like that, sitting in the shower for 35, 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, wasting water and wasting the hot water. And then Nicole said, my mom's bone of contention with me is who has to wash the dishes every day. So, once again, um, washing the dishes. And any kind of chore is always a bone of contention because nobody really wants to do it. So today's idiom is "rule of thumb." Rule of thumb. So this one could be for period C and D. Rule of thumb. And a rule of thumb means a general guideline or a principle. So, like many years ago, there was a law in England that said you guys will actually won't even really you might believe this you might believe it. This is what rule of thumb. Many years ago there was a law in England that said it was okay for a man to beat his wife as long as he used a stick no larger in diameter than his thumb. So that, that. that was the rule of thumb that you you can beat your wife as long as the stick isn't isn't wider than your thumb. Now it doesn't really <laughs> apply anymore in uh, the 21st century. <laughs> A rule of thumb is just a general guideline or a principle. Like I always say, one rule of thumb that I try to live by is that you have two ears and one mouth. So you should listen twice as much as you talk. Uh, so what do you think, Miss Levitt? What's one rule of thumb that you try to live by? Um,
4: my rule of thumb to live by is um, don't, I uh, basically to, to not to be, um, to understand people. My rule of thumb is to always understand people's sides of the story and not make judgments on people personally for their belief systems. Um because their 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 life is not necessarily lived the same way my life is in this in that if you have that rule of thumb you tend to be kind and understanding to people.
1: Awesome. Good connection to our discussion from earlier. I like that. Mr. Jaffe what's uh what's what's one rule of thumb that you have in your life?
5: Uh, again, Miss Levitt, stole my thunder. I you just <laughs> live, learning to be kind and understanding Barring to people. To those are, the, those are the words I was going to use. Next time, you have to call on me first.
1: <laughs> got to raise your hand next time. Um Mr. Ms. On Mr.
4: Jaffe first. <laughs>
1: uh, Mr. Mara, what's the rule of thumb in, in your life?
3: Well, you guys all stole my thunder, but the, the last one I would go with is um, go with your gut. It's so, like, Trust yourself and whatever your gut reaction is, never ignore, never ignore your gut, I should say. Maybe you might not end up going completely with it, but never ignore it.
1: Yeah. That's my
3: rule of thumb.
1: That's a good rule of thumb, a rule of thumb. And also another thing about rule of thumb is that if you take, well, as a grown man, if you, if you bend your thumb, the, sp- the length between the knuckle and the end of your f- thumb is roughly one inch.
3: Where is this that's going, me. Mr Miguel? I no, don't like is, that expression
1: that's the rule of thumb For, from from oh, the my. from the knuckle of your thumb to the end of your thumb is is about an inch, so it's like you can you can count inches like roughly by putting your thumb next to it and doing that if you don't have a ruler if you don't have a ruler. It's kind of like how your oh, foot okay. yeah, it's like how and remember love, we did that at, at uh smart schools how when we when we traced you yeah. and the Vitruvian man, and we said how yeah, we like each, each each one of the features of the human body is like. Is like, you know, four hands equals one arm or something. It has like different, there's like ratios. It's ratios. In- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's, it's been a long ratios. show. We had a lot to talk about. We went over the Law and Order episode. We went into some good depth in that. And maybe that'll, hopefully will help some students understand kind of what was going on. Because even I was a little bit um, confused because watching it and it's backwards, <laughs> everything's in the mirror. You see people shaking hands with what looks like their left hand, but really it's just a backwards thing. Um, Journal entry is about revisiting your Monday entry about the George Floyd situation, and your idiom for period C and D is the rule of thumb. And one dad joke for today. um, Mr. Jaffe, do you know why computer programmers never go outside?
5: No. Why don't they go outside, Mr. McGowan?
1: There are way too many bugs. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I got one more. Miss um, Mara, why did the dog's owner think her dog was a great mathematician? Why? Because when she asked the dog what six minus six was, the dog said nothing.
2: <laughs>
1: all right, that's it. I'll be here all week. Make sure to tip your, tip your waitresses and your bartenders. Uh, <laughs> all right, try the chicken
5: parm. Try the chicken
1: parm and the veal. All right, we'll see you. We'll talk to everyone on Monday. And we'll see you uh, teachers this afternoon for our alumni Zoom with our, the class of 2020 um, for the graduates from, from high school. So we'll see you then. Okay. Uh, any last words?
5: anybody? Bye, Enjoy, Have a nice weekend, everybody. Enjoy good the
0: weather.
1: Yep. My last word, as always, is do something good today and don't get caught. And we'll talk to everybody on Monday. We'll close it out with a nice positive song.